one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, we're going to get stuck into yet another twist in the ongoing saga between Conor Ben and UCAD. A report revealed by The Times has suggested that the fighter will be able to prove his innocence to the British Boxing Board of Control and will be able to clear his name after months of controversy. We'll also be hearing from Dillian White. He told TalkSport that his potential fight with Anthony Joshua is up in the air of the contractual issues. Is this to be the latest heavyweight fight to fall by the wayside? I think so. We'll also be talking about Canelo Alvarez and he's split from the zone. The Mexican has moved to PBC and is lining up a fight with Jamal Charlo in September. Plus, we're going to look ahead to Fight Night Live on TalkSport this weekend. Savannah Marshall and Tasha Jonas both in action live on Saturday night. Lots to get through in the next hour. Let's do it. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Mr. Gareth A. Davis, how are we, sir? I'm very good, my brethren. How are you? I can't complain whatsoever. The sun uh-huh. is shining. We've had a good six or seven months in boxing. The heavyweight division isn't gonna isn't gonna change my mood, although it's trying to. I'm sort of um, hoping there's good news ahead. Well, I've decided to get a Christmas mug out this morning, as you can see, <laughs> um, because Christmas is only five months away, and hopefully what? by then. Hopefully, by then, yeah. we'll have a few heavyweight fights sa- signed and the Conor Ben situation will be resolved mm. and um, we'll know about whether Anthony Joshua and Dillian White are going to be fighting this yeah, next 12 months. Yeah, uh, listen, I mean, yeah. it's, this is boxing. W- welcome to the weird and wacky world of conjecture and confusing inter- interchanges with people in mm. The wild west of sport. It's uh, honestly, as that. it is. It really is the wild, wild west. I have to chuck another wild in there. Boxing. Uh, let's let's quickly talk about the, the Conor Ben situation. We'll, 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 we'll dive into more details a bit later. But Conor Ben has finally, finally looked like he's going to step up and speak to uh, UCAD and the British Boxing Board of Control. He wants to clear his name and move on, as opposed to avoiding them and fighting Eubank uh, Junior. Uh, in the Middle East. He wants to go and have a conversation. He wants to prove his innocence. He's got a new team behind him of scientists and doctors that, according to Conor Ben, can prove his innocence. Before we get into the nitty gritty of that, how good is it though that finally he has decided, okay, let's have this conversation, UK. Let's have this conversation the British Boxing Board of Control. I think it's important to do. Oh, absolutely important. Look, we 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 said this back in March. He made the right decision in mid-March to begin uh, an investigation or allow UCAD to have a proper tribunal and investigation. He's got to go before the board now and and the, and UCAD. We said it was the right thing. And we, we've also agreed, both of us, I think, Addy, that he wasted six months. Yeah. Um, that he should have done this last October. Um, because what they're hoping is that they're going to find in his favour that as a massive mistake has occurred here, and they're going to give, give him a retrospective short ban. Because the two bans available, really, if they um, 
go ahead with strict liability of two years and four years. But but the soundings and this PR move by his his latest team, mm. um, I believe there are two teams in conjunction working together now, two legal teams, is that the scientific evidence they've found will annul um, any form of belief in that he's cheated. And that okay. It, 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 so if it, it does go ahead and he gets a shorter ban, then good for him. Um, mm. But he, he won't get nothing. Um, he won't be completely exonerated from for nothing because he's still responsible for for, for taking something Where, that whatever's in his body he's responsible yeah, for yeah, right yeah. yeah so there should be a slap on the wrist for that um when you say a, a ban a short one and retrospectively are we talking six months 12 months and when it when will it be backdated to well they're talking confidently aren't they about mm. um uh, well, certainly through Matt Lawton and the chief sports writer of the Times, they they obviously given him all the info. He's seen the report. He, he, he spoke about this on White and Jordan yesterday. He, he's had access to the report. He'd, he's spoken to doctors, scientists who they've got in their team, and they're very sure that they have found scientific evidence, um, which goes all the way to WADA, by the way. So they're basing it on the World Anti-Doping Agency findings that. There are several cases of um, clomiphene showing up in eggs mm. um, and uh, other athletes having tested positive for it. Now, the big mystery for me is he denied this as a reason when the WBC put this forward uh, in the strict, non-strict liability um, I remember investigation. it. I remember it. You are correct. Yeah, they yeah. offered that in February and he turned that down, said it wasn't, X. He didn't believe it. He thought it was the testing system. He will say, and rightly so, I know I didn't take anything, so I don't think it was the eggs. But if they found that it's the eggs and he had a surfeit of eggs, even though there's no eggs allowed to have clomiphene in this country, he's taken a rogue batch of eggs, then that's the reason they're going to put forward. I do feel like the British public are quite forgiving um, when someone messes up. We're all human and we mess up on a daily basis. I just feel like, and I've I've said this on numerous times, but I feel like it was handled so badly by Conor Ben. Yeah. It's almost caused this, this real big bridge between him and the British public that he's now trying to mend. And, and I'm not quite sure if, or, or how long it's going to take to mend that now. Um, because I thought at the time, if he just handled it the way he's handling it now, okay, you know what, I've, I've messed up. Let's find out what's going on. Let's find out what's wrong. I'm going to get my team together. We're going to go to UCAD. We're going to sort this out. I've, I've clearly taken something I shouldn't have taken. But I felt he came out very defensive. I thought he put up a very, and look, we've spoke, a very sneery attitude, if I'm honest with you. And, and I felt he lost a lot of people. Um, hopefully now with him sort of saying, okay, look, I, I want to deal with this. Hopefully now those people can come back, but I think he's got a, I think he's got a tough road ahead of um, of getting those fans that he had, and he had millions of fans back on side. Well, I think people will still want to watch him. There's no doubt about that, and he hadn't proved whether he was world level yet, and that's another mm-hmm. thing he's got to do uh, in his career. He, you know, you wouldn't f- fancy him in against Terence Crawford or Errol Spence, obviously who meet at the end of next month. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't fancy him in with them right now. That that's a very, or even as he was. Uh, a year ago uh, or nine months ago, I think I think Connor may say that a lot of us burnt bridges with him, but he's burnt a lot of bridges with us. Um, instead of just saying, you should just believe me, I'm innocent, you know what I'm like. And I do understand that point of view. He has said, you, 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 you are all against me, as well as the public. He's talking about the media. And mm-hmm. the media were very important to him in this situation. and. He didn't talk to any of us. He didn't come out and speak to us as a group. He didn't. Um, he didn't make inroads with people. He just reacted very emotionally um, to anyone not not agreeing with his situation. Yeah. What I think, I do feel sorry for what he's gone through mentally and emotionally. Absolutely. I really do. Absolutely, seeing all those yeah. those aspects of himself. Um, his revelations that he's felt suicidal, uh, that he's felt broken. Um, but you can't just say, I've got this, 
the trouble is, and Eddie Hearn believed him, so so that augmented the whole situation, and Eddie drove the case. Instead of them initially, I think it's been really badly handled, if I can put a cap on it. The way the way it's been managed and handled, um, there have been pop-ups, the Piers Morgan show, um, the statements, the reactions to different things along the way. And instead of um, sitting in front of the tribunal from the very beginning, from going to UCAD from the very beginning, and just saying, look, I am innocent. Yeah. Um, I believe I'm innocent. We will find a way through this. Tyson Fury's been through it. He went away for two years, the wild boar meat. Canelo's been through it. He did his hair follicles. Dillian White got exonerated in his situation. There's many boxers who've been through this who are, have a higher profile and are at a, a greater level than Conor Ben. Um, and I just think it, it, the whole thing could have been handled a lot better because what it did was his situation became um, a standard bearer for the sport, which is no one can ride roughshod over the testing system and just say, no, I'm innocent, and just go ahead and, and carry on and fight. And mm. I think that was augmented by the event still wanting to go on in that week of October, pushed by the promoters and the, the deals that have gone on behind the scenes, and also the fact that there wasn't a hearing straight away and that they went to... to, to to try and prove his innocence rather than just saying they can do one or they've got it in for me and, and reacting in that way. I think it was badly managed. Um, I hope he comes through it. I hope he gets back into action. Um, but as I've said all along, and I've been consistent on this, and I think you have, this hearing was absolutely necessary for the veracity of the whole testing system in boxing. Sorry for my soap opera, soapbox moment there at Speaker's Corner, but it's a complex story, this. It's a yeah. complex story, Eddie. No, no, it certainly is. And um, look, hopefully, I know it's sort of, it's late, but better late than never. Yeah. So hopefully um, the situation irons itself out in the next few weeks or so or, or months. Uh, we are going to hear from Mr. Dillian White a bit later. Um, this fight with AJ, rumoured to be August 12th. Today we're filming, it's June 28th. I have no idea unless it gets announced tomorrow. I, I don't believe the fight's going to happen now. Dylan White moaning about clauses in the contract, rematch clause, this clause, that clause. I saw the same nonsense with Wilder Ruiz. What's going on with the heavyweight division? Sign the contract. Have the fight if you want it. There's nothing wrong with a rematch clause for Dylan White. He's not signing a contract to fight Deontay Wilder. Mm. Yeah? He's signing a contract to fight Anthony Joshua. If you beat him... You're going to earn tons of money in the second fight anyway. Agreed. Let's say he's getting two million for the first fight. He's going to be getting, even though it hasn't re been revealed, by the way, no one's talked about what the purse split is for the rematch clause or what the contract is for the rematch clause. But if you beat Anthony Joshua, you've made your name anyway. If you knock him out, he may not want to fight you again anyway. Um, and you can move on. I don't know. It's it, it, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Obviously... White and Jordan did him a favour on their show, uh, Dillian White, that is, by yep. putting pressure on Eddie Hearn. He sent a contract back. Yeah, there probably are a few loopholes in it. But, you know, if you really want the fight, just take it. Mm. If you really think you can knock Anthony Joshua out, knock him out, then knock him out again. Simple. Uh, all it's going to do is make you your bigger name and make you more money, and then you can fight Wilder afterwards anyway, in yeah. my view. No, I 100% agree with you. Like there's too many people worrying about the initial fee as opposed to, okay, if I beat that person, then I almost make double next time. Like Ruiz did when he beat AJ. I don't understand what, what Dillian White's referring to here. And this is why Dillian White lost out. Remember, AJ was supposed to fight Dillian White before he went to America to fight Ruiz or was <sighs> supposed to be Jarrell Miller. And he was moaning about the same, same thing, a, a clause in the contract. And he missed out on the biggest payday of his career. Um, they're I all just... looking like this, Addy, at the moment. Mm. One eye is on this fight and the other eye is on that money in, at the end of the year over in Saudi Arabia. And that big, big black cloud is hanging over again. Yeah. And, and, it's a, and it's a blessing and a curse, as I've used that expression from George Warren over and over again. But that big cloud's just sitting there. Sitting and there. They're all, they've all got half a beady eye on it. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with um, wanting that money. Um, and they're all reaching the end of their careers, this this 
kind of generation of heavyweights. Mm. But it is stalling things, and it's stalling it again. I mean, I, I've, I'm caught up on the very latest on Ruiz and 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 uh, Wilder. I've just seen them calling each other out. Yeah, they, they called each other out, and um, Wilder sent an offer to Ruiz. Ruiz's dad uh, was was doing the media round yesterday, and he said, "Look, Wilder sent us a seventy thirty split. We're not doing it. We want fifty fifty." And I'm like, God. Like yeah. just this split talk and A side, B side and this. I'm just, it, it just, I don't know, fries my brain. Put it that way. All right. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to hear from Dillian White, who has revealed the reasons why his contract negotiations with AJ have stalled. And we're going to preview this weekend's action, including live boxing right here on TalkSport. Up next, we're going to dive a bit deeper into this Conor Ben situation. Conor Ben trying to clear his name and maybe, in doing so, return to fighting in the UK. Welcome back. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Ladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, in Section 1, we were talking about Conor Ben and his uh, willingness now to speak to the British Boxing Board of Control, UCAD. He wants to clear his name. Um, ultimately, hopefully, the, the end goal here is not just to clear his name, but to be able to fight back in the UK, which is where he should be fighting. Uh, at the Times, Matt Lawton um, spoke with Ben and his team and explained that Ben could very well be cleared given the research done by his team. It was only a few months ago that um, that we were being told that while the WBC had actually said that Conor Ben's positive drug tests had been caused by um, uh, contaminated eggs because the drug that he was found to have in his system, clomiphene, is something that is used in some, in some parts of the world. It's injected into hens to make them lay more eggs. Um, um, he actually refuted that theory and, and his, his advisors confirmed to us that, that it hadn't even formed part of their defence. And yet here we are a few months later uh, and I sat down with Ben and his new team of advisors last week in London and they are telling us that based on, on scientific testing, based on testing done directly on Ben, and then based on scientific research that's been done in the past, they actually now do think it is um, contaminated eggs that has caused these two positive tests. He tested positive last July and last September. So, yeah, I, I totally understand why it feels like a saga. Um, of course, you have a boxer who is fighting for his reputation here. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is, I have to say, having sat and listened to these guys last week, it is quite compelling and it is based on published scientific research. Um, look, he's clearly got more inside info than anyone on this. He's, he's been given uh, the pass by Team Ben to come in and have a look at what they've got and the research they've got. And look, Matt Lawton um, clearly knows something we don't. It sounds like he believes as well that Conor Ben will clear his name given the research that his team have got. Yeah, well... Um... He's enlisted the help. I've just got the articles here in front of me. He's enlisted the help of Rene Carayol, who you'll know. Yeah, he's he's um he's he's very much a um an elder um elder statesman in advice. He's he's worked with Ricky Hatton in the past. Mm. Um, he's a very much an elder statesman in terms of giving advice to the business community and the world at large. He's a phenomenal character. Um, and they've uh got the services of Dr. Mohammed Enayat. Um a GP who's an expert in functional personalised medicine. He ran a series of tests on Ben. Um, and they, they've also got an expert in anti-doping and a professor who's an authority on the pharmacology of clomiphene Jeez. to review the findings in tandem with the data from Ben's positive tests. And they say um, that without question of doubt, we've mm. proved its contamination 100%. And that's from NAAT. Um, and they're okay. showing that Ben's biology means he's slow to metabolize a substance such as clomiphene um, and therefore will accumulate stores of it while also showing elevated levels of estrogen as a result. Um, also, Ben's testosterone levels would be thrown through the roof, according to this guy, Enayat. Um, so th there's lots of scientists and pharmacologists and doctors and advisors now involved in this. Dr. Dewey de Beer, 
a chem biochemist and anti-doping expert at Maastricht University Medical Center, has told uh, Lawton for this article that concentrations of clomiphene and clomiphene metabolite, Addy, um, were low in, um, in these tests. And Dr. Serkan Kaihagoglu from the Division of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Ankara City Hospital in Turkey and an associate professor at the University of Health Sciences looked more specifically at the possible source of clomiphene contained in Ben's um, uh, samples. He says that assessed human urinary clomiphene metabolites after consumption of eggs um, is possible um, for someone in Ben's case. Listen, you, you dig, you dig, you dig, you find enough evidence, you put it before the UCAD board, um, you say to them, prove we're wrong. That's what they'll do. Yeah. Prove we are wrong. And, and the UCAD can't, will have won't. to go into that. I'm boring with the details, but that's what people are looking at. That's yeah. why I'm doing it. No, 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 it's good. It's good. I think people want to know. I think people need to know this stuff as well. Um, it, it almost, and, and I think the way you just summarized it at the end is, is perfect. Connor Ben's team are going to go with all that information you've got there to UCAD and say, okay, here it is. And you prove that we'll give, we are guilty. And ultimately, UCAD aren't going to, UCAD aren't going to have the money and resources to prove otherwise. So Connor Ben will get a slap on the wrist here. But I think it's good that Connor Ben's investing in this. I mean, all the doctors you mentioned wouldn't be free. I mean, Connor Ben's obviously having to fork out a lot of money to make sure that this is all cleared. And, um, well, what, what they're saying is, the last thing, um, Kay Hoglu, I hope I've said his name correctly, is it's possible to distinguish from the metabolites, and this is the key point for me, if they are right about this, it's, it's possible to distinguish from the metabolites that it's definitely from eggs and not from tablets. Yeah? Mm. So I think that's a significant thing, yeah. uh, frankly, if they yeah. can prove that. Yeah, so ultimately um, they're saying that Conor Ben got clomiphene from eggs. Yeah, inadvertently, which the WBC yeah. said in February. Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't accept it at the time. Because Again, that's why I say that this was handled wrongly. Arrogance of youth. The arrogance yeah, of youth. I've said it when yeah. he slapped the microphone out. Um, I hope to see Conor Ben again. I mean, sure you know, will. he might not do a... Is he interviewing with you at the moment, or are you persona non grata? No, no, well? no, not persona non grata. Just I haven't reached out. I haven't. I've seen him obviously at events. We've had a, we've had a conversation, um, which and was it was it was okay. It was fair. Um, he felt he was like, unhappy about one thing, though, wasn't he? He's unhappy with everyone about something. Yeah, he, he, I think he's just ultimately deep down, he's he's quite an angry lad anyway. Um, and I think he needs to realize, and I've, I've said this on numerous occasions that. By saying I'm innocent, you can't expect everyone to kind of hold your hand up and say he's innocent. That's not how we as journalists work, and I, I, I consider myself that now. So, um, yeah, we we don't want or didn't want Conor Ben to be guilty. No, uh, we, we just we, wanted a hearing we because wanted a it hearing. affected the whole of boxing. Because who was the next person who was going to come along and say, no, no, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. Yeah. I've yeah. just got to carry on my career. You yeah, know? We don't want to begrudge him a career. You know, we don't. Of course, we don't. None of us do. Mm, yeah. So, um, look, we'll wait to see how this all plays out in the next, as I said, in the next couple of weeks. I, I expect UK and British Boxing Board of Control. Now, Conor Ben has presented the evidence. I expect this one to be wrapped up very, very quickly. And I think what, what Gareth said was correct. I do think. Sorry, Gareth, go on. You got your finger up. That, well, I think if they get this case through and it's and it's upheld, and he's exonerated, I think the important thing. That, that may happen in the testing system. And Rene Carriol mentions this in this article. It's, it's just the last point I was going to make was what they found is that um, lends itself to contamination from foods and not a structured doping program. And Carriol and the doctor, Enayat, believe that Ben's case could have a significant impact on, on the anti-doping landscape, raising the importance of individual biological context when interpreting doping results. So I do think that is the really significant thing, Addy, that they have to take people's biology into account when they do tests. And I think that will be an advancement in, in, in testing. I think they'll find out more about people, by the mm. way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, I think that's very, very interesting. Sorry to interrupt you. No, not at all. I think the final thing on this is, look, Conor Ben Eubank Jr. was, was at least penciled in 
for Abu Dhabi. Um, I think around September, I think September 23rd was the date. If yeah. Conor Ben does get, let's just say he gets a six month slap on the wrist, which means he's allowed to fight in the UK by that date. Does Conor Ben, Chris Eubank Jr. happen in the UK now, the O2 as opposed to going abroad? I think it might even be bigger than the O2. Really? I think they could find a stadium for that. Yeah, I think they could find it. So I think they get 40,000 there now. Um, wow. Okay, it's a massive fight. It's a massive fight for me. Yeah. Yes, that's interesting. Do you not think it's massive? No, I think it's lost a lot. I think it's lost a lot. I think the situation with Conor Ben, Eubank getting spanked by Liam Smith, I think it's lost a lot of intrigue. I, I really do. Um, I think it's like a big car crash. I think there'll be a lot of rubberneckers. A lot of rubberneckers. Potentially, And yeah. I do think... Um, they get a machine behind it and you get Conor Ben popping at everybody and Chris Eubank winding him up and mm. lots of eggs jokes and um, Chris Eubank saying exactly, exacerbating. All that um, kind of stuff, yeah. What a great yoke, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think we might get, no, I think it might be really big. Um, That's interesting but, that you think that... But I, I, I don't, I don't think, um, and I, and I maintain this. If if he gets a two year ban or a twelve month ban, I maintain that he should not fight in another territory. Um, yeah, and that's gone quite quiet, hasn't it? The September twenty three. It has. It really, it really I, has. Which leads me to believe show, that this is all happening for a reason. Nothing happens for you know. Yeah. For nothing. They, I, I think like they were happening I for mean, a reason. Eddie Holm was licking his finger and putting it out to the wind in New Orleans just to see what the reaction was going to be. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think definitely back in the UK, stadium would shock me. But then again, this is boxing; nothing should shock me. What has shocked me and is uh, Canelo signing a free fight deal with PBC. Um, he's left the zone, who I think have promoted all of his recent fights, bar one. That one being Caleb Plant, where he went over just for that fight and came back. And Canelo simply said, and it's I think it's pretty obvious, the zone matchroom. You don't have any fighters that I can fight right now. And as much as I like working with you, you know, we do good business. They have got all the fighters on the other side of the road. I have to go. And he's decided to go. And I, I don't think there are any sort of um, grudges being held here. But I think for DAZN, it's a massive blow. You're losing the biggest name in boxing, the biggest star in boxing. And he's not gone for a one-fight deal. He's gone for free, which I think is a massive blow for DAZN and Metro. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Hearn's promoted seven of his last fights, seven of his eight last fights. There you he? go. But... But but Canelo Canelo, he's made this very clear when he got out of his zone deal with Golden Boy Promotions, mm. which was worth three hundred sixty five million US dollars. If you remember at the time, it was the I whole do. of Golden Boy yeah. and uh, Canelo. He very cleverly realised that he was a commodity on his own. Mm. Um, and like you say, he's he's. He's emptied the cash register, basically, hasn't he? He's just emptied it. <laughs> He's gone back to it and back to it for fists full of dollars, and it's empty. The zone's <laughs> cash register is empty for him, yeah? Um, he'll be back. Yeah, yeah, he will. I agree. I think he will be back. I think he literally... That's a, a great way of looking at it. He's literally taken all the money and decided, what, no more money for me at super middleweight or light heavy? Oh, I'll be back in a couple of minutes. And he's going over to PBC... And he's going to empty their cash register as well. But um, no, I think it's smart business. I, 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 a lot of people, maybe because I worked for the zone, thought I was going to maybe stick up for the fact that the zone have lost him and, like, you know, Canelo's, how dare he? I think it's great business. I think at Canelo's stage of his career, he just wants the big fights. He wants to cement that resume. He wants to go down as one of the greatest fighters of all time. And there are no fighters on the zone apart from Dimitri Bivol that he could have fought. So yeah. he's gone over there. And there's Benavides over there. There's Charlo. There's been this talk of a super fight with Errol Spence. And he's decided, you know what? That's the place I need to be for the next year and a half. And uh, good luck to him. Well, if Spence beats Crawford at the end of next month, then I hope we're both going to be there. It's a massive, it's a massive, massive event for boxing, Errol Spence and Terence Crawford. Um, I think it's the super fight of the year, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. For all the talk we, we give to, to others, as much as we talk about Shakur Stevenson and Tank Davis being a super fight, or he and or any of those two, and um, Devin Haney being a super fight. Um, I do think that Saul Alvarez, if he fights Jamal Charlo, who's coming up from middleweight, I Jamal. thought he was going to go down to middle. Jamal. J 
Jamal. Yeah, He's going to fight Jamal, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the WBC champion, basically. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, middleweight, coming yeah. up to super middle. Because mm-hmm. Canelo hasn't fought at middleweight since 2018. Mm. Um, I think it was the second Golovkin fight. Um, there's no way he could make middleweight. Now, I thought he was going to fight at middleweight to begin with, and I heard it was Jamal Charlo. I think it's a great opponent. Um, I don't think there's any much more than three or four fights left for Canelo, by the way. Agreed. Um, um, he's been boxing professionally since he was 15, and I think you're right. I think um, it could be. it could even be... Um, I think Terence Crawford is uh, is a, is a free agent as well. So whoever wins that Spence Crawford fight could be in the frame to fight Canelo. I think his final fight will be, be Benavidez. You know, I think mm. it's the fight with the greatest jeopardy for him. He's taller, longer, punches straight. He's going to draw Canelo into a war. Um, I think Canelo beats the, those other two, but I'm really not sure about um, Benavidez. Benavidez right now. Yeah, that's that's a super fight. fight. Yeah, that, again, and I mean for Canelo, that's the super fights that you want to be in. Those are the ones, right? The fifty-fifty, the risky ones. Uh, those are the fights you want to be in. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on Talksport Two. We are going to be chatting some live boxing this weekend on Talksport with Savannah Marshall and Tasha Jonas, both in action. Uh, next up, we are going to hear from Dillian White. He wants in on the Saudi Arabia money, and he explained why it's preventing him from getting a deal to rematch Mr. Anthony Joshua. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, let's try and unpack the mess, the absolute mess that is the heavyweight division, the top end of it anyway. Um, Dillian White now looks like he doesn't want in on the AJ fight. Uh, he's obviously received the contract from Eddie Hearn or, or 258 Management. And there are, a few, there are a few problems in that contract that he wants ironed out before he steps in the ring with AJ August 12th. Before I carry on my... My speech here. Let's hear from Dillian White. Um, he spoke to Talksport was on uh, White and Jordan a couple of days ago and revealed exactly why he's not very, not very willing to step in the ring August twelfth. We had a contract. Obviously, the contract is um with um with my lawyers and my lawyers is obviously gone back to him. But you know, there's a there's a lot of things that's been said publicly that's not happening when when we when we negotiate. He's saying there's a lot of things that they put put in the contract first he says it'd be a, a standard contract but it's not there's a lot of things in the contract that now that they didn't say that was going to be in it you know the fact of the matter is dylan you have this opportunity i mean heron is saying it's in your court now so well, if you can agree to the various points in the contract then the fight will be on presumably yeah listen it's like this he said that we're going to send a simple contract simple fee simple this and that and then they send a, a very complicated contract with a lot of hoops and a lot of hooks in the contract to hook me in. And I don't want that. I just want a simple contract, simple fight. Winner takes our winner move on. You understand? Winner move on and have a big fight inside Arabia. This fight for me is about the opportunity. It's not about the money. That's why I'm taking the fight for what the money they offer me is about the opportunity. But now they're trying to put rematch clauses and stuff in there. It ties me up for 
up to a year, you know what I mean, which will mess everything up. So I'm not interested in that. Gillian White there talking about the rematch clause at Gareth A. Davis. And look, if, if I beat AJ, you heard it there, I, I don't want to fight AJ again. I want in on this Saudi money. I want to fight Wilder. <laughs> uh, the nerve of these heavyweights. And uh, I can't understand. Like I look at Dillian White and I'm thinking in my head, if Dillian White doesn't take the AJ fight, I like Dillian White, by the way. I think me and you've gone back and forth about Dillian White a couple of times. But if I if Dillian White doesn't take the AJ fight, what fight out there can make Dillian White any money? Like what, what's out there which, you know, when you weigh up risk reward as well, because Dillian White's certainly coming to the end of his career, I don't see a big fight out there for him that really Makes it, and look, we don't know what the money is, but it's definitely going to be in the millions that he's making for AJ, even if it's just one or two. What fight out there makes him that? Well, let me first say that that, that show is fast becoming the White, White and Jordan show, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that, that, that that, that, Dillian's been very vocal on there now twice. He's put his case. Um, he's got the offer. Um Yes, we've been back and forth on Dillian. I've known Dillian a long time. I think he's a phenomenal character. He's great for the heavyweight division. Mm. Um, but, you know, he's 35. Um, he's going to be in his 36th year next year. Um, he does need to get on with his career. I just think an Anthony Joshua fight or two right now doesn't do him any harm. And, yeah. and as I said at the top of the show, if, he, if he's very convincing against Joshua the first time, he might just roadblock him anyway. Mm. Um, and he may not want to come back for a second fight. And if they do have a trilogy fight uh, in terms of in the pros, brilliant. Um, it, 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 it smacks of, I want that Saudi money. If I take on Anthony Joshua, I deserve the Saudi money. I don't necessarily believe that's the case. I'm looking down the heavyweight division right now. He just asked me a question, which was, who could he fight? Um, anyone. Andy Ruiz would be a great fight. Um, Frank Sanchez would be a great fight. Arslan Beck Makhmudov, who I interviewed for last week's Fight Nightmare. Night show, Nightmare. would be a good fight. Hmm? Nightmare for Dillian White. Nightmare. All of them. Yeah. He's, a he's a nightmare for all of them. He's a big Mate. tank of a man. Monster. Uh, yeah, he's a monster. Um, Martin Bacoli, it doesn't look like he'll fight him. There's all these guys that... Jared Anderson's coming through. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Joyce and White haven't fought yet. There's a lot of big fights out there for yeah. him if he wants them. Yeah. But it looks like he wants to fight uh, the bronze bomber in, in Saudi. I, I think the transparency of I want to be in the Saudi mix um, probably scuppered the positive things that he did the week before by just saying, I want that fight. I Agreed. really do. I'll take the original offer. Agreed. Eddie's playing with him as well. There's no doubt. They haven't revealed what the rematch per split would be or what the offers are for, for a rematch if he was to beat Anthony Joshua Eddie. Um, but again, you said it best. Come on, you guys. Just get just, the fights on. Just get the fight just on. Fight. We're already thinking. Didn't White and his team are already thinking about the fight after, before you've had the first fight. It's almost as, and it's, it's a weird thing to do. You've not even had the first one. You're already thinking about the rematch and the purse splits in the rematch. Just get the first fight on, please. Hey, I mean, and also, the, the offers haven't even been made from Saudi yet for yeah, Fury, yeah, yeah, for Wilder. Yes, Wilder and uh, Alexander Usyk have signed deals with them, but we don't even know what the offers are yet. Mm. They haven't even had contracts Anthony Joshua hasn't even had a contract from the Middle East yet. Yeah, and I, I said this to you, I think it was on last week's show, and look, it, it's positive the Saudi money has come in, and it's good to see boxers making life-changing money, but I almost think it's, 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 it's caused a bit, of, a bit of a problem for the heavyweight division. It, it, everyone seems to be stalling. Like, like even this Dubois-Usyk fight, or Usyk-Dubois, what, what's, what's happened there? Like, pers when's that happening? When's that going? Do you know when that's happening, Gareth? Yeah, Usyk Dubois, August yeah. twenty sixth in Poland. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Oh no, 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 no. I mean, I haven't heard that it's been called off. Okay, because um, I, I, it's almost like conversation about it seems to have, seems to have died a little bit in the last couple of weeks. I tell you what is happening this week. There was a press conference for Gili Zhang and Joe Joyce. 
Yeah, that's that. At least they gave us some fun in the heavyweight division, and it was that was a good fight. Back and in, it's going to happen April. again in September. So yeah, yeah. Um, Tyson Fury, very quickly, um, put out a, a message as he does on Instagram saying, um, "My next fight's going to be show stopping. It's going like, to be show stopping. Everyone's going to be excited." And I'm like, "Well, there's only two or three options here that could make me feel like this is show stopping. It's not going to be Usyk." As you just said, Usyk's fighting Dubois. So the only show-stopping announcement really is in Garnu. That's the only one where it's like, oh my God, they're actually going to have a fight. Maybe John Jones. What have you heard? Anything, Gareth, or is it just Fury being Fury? <laughs> no, I, I have not heard anything from the Queensbury guys. I have not heard um, anything from the top-ranked guys I've asked. Um, I've asked the question. Um, and there's nothing coming back. Um, I, I, I look no further at the moment than the likes of um, Agit Kabayel, um, Jarrell Miller. God, they're not show-stopping. They're not show-stopping. No, they're not show they're, um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't argue with it being Andrew Ruiz. I wouldn't argue with it being Frank Sanchez. Um I can't see it being Anthony Joshua, Dillian White, obviously not going to be. Um, could it be Arslan Beck, Mahmoudov? Show-stopping? But that's not show-stopping, even though he's ranked number Again, five. This is, why I say, this is why I say Ngannou. He's the only one where I think people would genuinely go, oh my God, you actually are going to fight. Like That's, that's show-stopping for me. I'd uh, love it if, it, if if something like that happened, but I don't think he should at this moment in time be fighting a guy yeah. from another code uh, another yeah. sport i think this is the time for the heavyweight division to play out mm. um and and you know i don't know why mauricio suleiman called a mandatory for wilder versus ruiz instead of just calling a mandatory for fury against frank sanchez disgraceful or, Disgraceful. You know, it it, it yeah. just all it does, all it just delayed the chess game. It's a frozen landscape at the moment, and let's hope the heat of Saudi Arabia does melt that soon, mm. um, and that we get. For, I mean, we've had we've been having the same conversation now for about four months. By the way, yeah, you know, yeah. If, 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 our, if our producer Jeremy goes back and edits this, he could probably do a a reel of us saying, oh, well, we're expecting an announcement soon. I feel like a broken record over it. Honestly, regurgitating the same heavyweight trash. That's what it is now. It's become trash for me. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we're going to look ahead to this weekend's action, including a big fight night live on TalkSport. Two brilliant fighters, the ultimate prize in boxing, the undisputed title. An absolutely huge fight. This is a 50-50 fight. These are the fights we want to see for boxing as a whole, not just in women. Another marquee fight for boxing. From England, Savannah Marshall! This is a fight I know myself and both Franchin have wanted for a long, long time. Undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. She used to fight at 168, but I don't know how she ducked me. The women seem to be leading the way more than the men. There we go. Both big, powerful girls, so I think it'll be a show stealer. Timing is everything, and we're here now. We'll finally get it on. Welcome back to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. A couple of fight cards uh, this weekend. Uh, Box up a fight card is headlined by Savannah Marshall versus Franchon Cruz de Zerno. It should be Franchon Cruz de Zerno versus Savannah Marshall, champion first and all that good stuff. Remember, that was supposed to be uh, Liam Smith versus Chris Eubank Jr. I'm happy that they kept the card intact. Tasha Jonas is on the fight card as well. She goes down to £147. Um, fights Candy Wyatt for a vacant belt in that division. And... The zone have got Dalton Smith versus Sam Maxwell for the British and Commonwealth titles at 140 pounds as well. Um, let's start with um, Franchon Cruz De Zone versus Savannah Marshall. I almost feel like I almost feel like this is do or die for Savannah, which is a bit harsh, I know, but you lose you lose to Clarissa in what you know I thought was going to be a closer fight, and, and to be fair, Clarissa showed just how good she is. I don't think she can afford to lose this one. I don't think she can afford to lose back to back fights. Not saying that's the end of her career, but 
you know, it's going to be a long way back from that. There was no disputing who won that fight with Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall was bested. Um, but stylistically, she's got more opportunity against Franchon, who really is a brawler. Big time. Um, who, who I've known for a long time now and I'm a huge fan of and was at her debut against Clarissa Shields. Both of their debuts at the T-Mobile Arena on the undercard of Andre Ward and Sergei Kovalev. The first fight ever at the T-Mobile Arena six years ago. Um, she's a phenomenal character. I've had her on my show as well this week, singing Secret Place, because she's got hits out in the charts that's at number 30 in Music Week charts this week. Wow. Um, she may well sing the national anthem on Saturday night, the American national anthem, when she comes to the ring. She may stop at that. She's a phenomenal character. This is a woman, remember, who was on American Idol and said if she didn't make it in the music industry, she'd make it as a fighter. She fought in the streets um, when she was growing up because she was bullied because she moved from to Maryland, I think it was, from Virginia. I think that's right. Um, she's a beautiful, amazing African-American woman mm-hmm. with so much about her, in many ways, more layered than Clarissa. Agreed, who, agreed. Interesting you say that. Yes, agreed. Yeah, and I think... You know, there's a message with her. She designs clothes. She's always got style. The HH means heavy hitting, the heavy hitting diva. Her husband's a boxer. They're a beautiful couple. Um, she just lights up the place, in the, as does Clarissa. But I think these are two African-American women in boxing who are stamping a legacy for the next group of girls coming through. Um I think Savannah, I pick Savannah to win this on points, but mm-hmm. she's got to be at her very, very best. Yeah, she is. Um, long jab, right hand, not get too involved in a brawl um, because the diva brings the heat. She, she brings does. the heat. She does. I, I was lucky enough to be at her uh, her fight on the undercard of Katie Taylor, Serrano, Madison Square Garden. You were obviously there as well, and she had a fight on that card as well. Uh, undisputed titles at 168 pounds against a Swedish lady whose name skips. Ellen Sederus. There you go. And yeah. it was, I mean, she just didn't stop no. um, the diva. Battered I mean, her. She, she battered absolutely her. battered her. She was bloody by the end of it. Yeah. And so she obviously, what she lacks in technique, she makes up for in just grit and determination and will. Yeah. And there's going to be a time where this gets very difficult for Savannah. And she's going to sort of have to kind of really just bite down on that gum shield and, and throw back. And she's going to have to throw back. And I think it's going to be a good, a very good spectacle. Uh, Tasha Jonas on the undercard, first fight of the year. Um, am I right in saying the British fight of the year last year? She was think, British yeah. Boxing Border Control. Um, she was, wasn't she? Fighter of the year, male and female. Correct. Yep. Three fights last year. This is her first fight this year. She goes down to 147, which is getting closer <laughs> to her natural weight class. She fights... Um, for a vacant title there. It's good to see her back in action um, because I feel like one more weight class down and I'd love to see her and Chantel Cameron have a scrap. Yeah, absolutely. I think that fight is is on the cards. Mm. I think after uh, Chantel Cameron and Katie Taylor have rematched in, I think they're heading for November. They are, yeah. Um, still think... Um, Chantel Cameron and, and Tasha Jonas is a fantastic oh fight. Oh my, it's a great at, uh, fight. At, well, the thing is, the great thing for Tasha is she carries power. And, um, you know, I had Nina Hughes uh, with me this week. And she's 40. Yeah, and didn't take up boxing till she was 25. Tasha Jonas is in her late 30s now. 38 now. And that they're, they're, for all the knocking we do about, 10 two-minute rounds, and they're less weather-worn than, than men at that age. Mm. And I think, you know, against Candy Wyatt, who lost to Jessica McCaskill uh, a couple of years ago. Stopped, sorry. Mm. Yeah, she was stopped. Uh, knocked out. But yeah, but Jessica McCaskill, you, you know what she does. She comes in, she gives it everything with every punch. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know, it's interesting you say Jessica McCaskill there. I, I, I was with Jess a few months back. She's, yeah. she's now vacated two of her belts at 147. She was undisputed at 147. I have no idea what's going on with Jess. She was supposed to fight Ivana Habzin, who then stepped in lastminute.com to fight Terry Harper. So Jessica McCaskill's just in the wilderness. She's not fought since she lost to Chantel Cameron when she went down to 140. Yeah. So when we speak about 
speak about female boxers getting opportunities, it's almost though she hasn't been afforded any of recent times. Um, I don't know what's going on with Jess. Um, a, a brawler again, late 30s. But it's almost like her, all her opportunities kind of kind of like they're done, which is uh, a big shame. A really big shame for Jess. Anyway, look, moving on. Um, you spoke to Dalton Smith. Obviously, he takes on Sam Maxwell, one of the biggest prospects in this country for me, Dalton Smith. He's been in the States as well, training, which I think is really good. This is what uh, the conversation was between you and Dalton. It's always been a fight I've been interested in. Um, but obviously, me and Sam's never sparred because, you know, he, he was just turning over as I got onto GB. So, you know, we never actually sparred. But it's since I've been professional, it's always been a fight I've been looking forward towards. Tell me about your time in LA. I think, was it was it LA or, or Nevada? What were you doing out there? Where did you go? What did you learn? Um, you know, so I spent a bit of time with Manny Robles in, in LA. But, you know, we went to the... We drove over to Vegas for the... Tank Davies fight and then then flew at the end flew to Guadalajara for the Canelo Alvarez fight so you know it was a great boxing trip um, you know got some great sparring in in LA and spending some time with Manny so um, you know great preparation and it's been it's been a great camp. Were the different styles that you found there fascinating for you? Um, you know I've, I've been around a lot of styles through throughout my career especially especially through the amateurs uh, traveling the world so. Um, you know, for me, I just wanted to get over there and, you know, break camp up a little bit, get some tough sparring in, um, you know, pick a new few few tips of what I could bring over and, you know, put into our gym with my dad. So, like I say, I like going away and learning and it's, um, and you know, like I say, I'm, I'm like a kid in a candy shop when I'm putting environments like that. I rate Dalton very highly, Gareth. Um, how high do you rate him? Very, very highly. And I'm, like you said, I'm delighted to hear that he's doing the rounds. He's doing his further education, as I called it, with him. Um, visiting Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, hanging out with people like Manny Robles, doing his stuff. Um, Robles, of course, knows the American scene inside out. Um, going into gyms where there's people walking in there who he doesn't know, want to knock his head off because he's not Dalton Smith, the big I am in, not that he's that way but what I'm saying is when he's in his dad's gym in Sheffield he's the big I am um because he is he, he's he, he's got amazing tensile strength he looks very strong 140 pounds he's got that forever sparring partner in in Janae Boston um I really think he's headed towards the top I think he'll fight for a world title in the next I'd say two two and a half years yeah um honestly really good fighter and um I think um Again, like you, I think he's going to go all the way, whether that is become a world champion, but at least fight sort of at world level. Um, should be a good little scrap uh, this Saturday. And you mentioned Janae Boston. He's on the card as well. Good luck to him on Saturday as well. Should be a good good weekend of boxing. Gareth, top man, my man. Have a good day. You too. Thanks very much. As always, Eddie. Cheers, bro. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson. And me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix... From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of Howard Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.